Making New Year resolutions is one thing, remaining resolute and seeing them through is quite another. Hey, thanks for pushing play and inviting me to hang out with you for part of your day. Welcome to the Stronger Together podcast. I'm Risa Ganell, licensed clinical marriage and family therapist. I'm a wife, mom, or ema, as my daughter calls me, and stepmom. With 25 years of experience as a couples therapist, five marathons under my belt so far, and a passion for helping relationships thrive. Let's all get stronger together physically, emotionally, and in our most important relationships. Let's get to it. I don't know about you, but this time of year really stresses me out. But it's not for the usual reasons that I'm feeling stressed out. It isn't the gift buying or the holiday parties or expectations I place on myself to make everyone happy. Actually, I do that throughout the entire year. And if you're anything like me, maybe you do too. Right now, it's the looming pressure to create goals and New Year resolutions, because January 1st is around the corner. I tend to be a pretty driven person. Mostly, I'm really driven by wanting to make a difference in the world, to help people, to really inspire and encourage others. That is what wakes me up in the morning. That is what really motivates me. So, As a business owner, I'm constantly signing up to learn new ways to reach more people. My inbox is stuffed to the gills with emails at this time of year about goal setting, becoming more successful next year than this year, setting my mindset for the new year. And it's stressing me out. As ambitious and driven as a person as I as I am, the pressure is just on overload to me right now. And maybe it is for you too. And that's why I thought about recording this podcast and focusing on this subject, because I'm sure that many of you also have an inbox flooded with goal setting strategies, and new year resolutions, and maybe making dream boards and things like that. All good things, but it can be a bit overwhelming. I decided that this year I'd do things a little bit differently in order to manage my overwhelm and really enjoy the ushering in of the new year. And there's science behind that feeling of overwhelm. We're not feeling it just because we're weak or unambitious or lazy or lack willpower or anything like that. In fact, willpower is extremely misunderstood And so many of us beat ourselves up with negative thoughts and blame ourselves for overspending, overeating, over whatevering. Blame it on a lack of willpower. Now, I'm not going to get too focused on the physiology here, but brain science really shows 
us that the prefrontal cortex is the area largely responsible for willpower. It's that area of the brain that's right behind your forehead. But that's not the only thing it does. It's not only responsible for willpower. It's also responsible for keeping us focused, handling short-term memory, of which mine is often slacking. My daughter likes to call me Dory, and I earned it. And it's also for solving abstract problems. So asking it to employ enough willpower to help you lose weight, spend less money, exercise more often, and so on, is often, often asking it to do one too many things. So what do we do? We just give up? No, no, no we're not going to give up because that's not who we are. That's not what we do. The key is to give your brain a break. Too much stimuli, a stressed out cortex, and a tired brain is a setup for failed New Year resolutions. We all know that an overtaxed muscle will fail. You'll drop those bags of groceries all over the garage floor if you carry a heavier load than your muscles can bear. I know, I've done that before. I like to take as many grocery bags as possible and line them up on my arm and carry them all in in one trip. Because who wants to make more than one trip? And if your family's not home to help you out, that's what you do, right? That's what I do. So our brains are bombarded with stimuli and constantly overtaxed, especially at this time of year. We're bombarded by Facebook posts as we scroll through them while we wait in line for coffee, by every ad we see on those posts that tempts us to take action, and every post our friends make, and we think, dang, she's doing that? Why aren't I doing that? Maybe I should be doing that, right? That taxes our brain, too. That comparison, (laughs) that's the comparison tax on our brains, We're bombarded by the pressure to buy the right gifts, show up in the right dress to that holiday party, or bake 20 dozen cookies to give it all out in wrapped, give it all out, wrapped in cute little packages. And I'm sure there are a whole bunch of other things your brain may be being bombarded with at this time. So stop a minute and think about what are the things that is causing the overload in my brain in my surroundings at this time of year and over the last couple of weeks. And then add on top of it the pressure to set New Year resolutions, right? Play with the kids more, land that promotion next year, stop eating Reese's peanut butter cups, pay off all five credit cards. (laughs) All right, that, yeah, if any of you know me at all, those Reese's peanut butter cups are my thing. That's my go-to, that and smart food popcorn. Do me in every single time. It's too much. And it's not because we're weak. It's because we're human. And we need to have a better strategy that works with the physiology of our brain and not against it. Okay, so what might those things be that would work with the physiology of our brains and not against it? So I've got six strategies for you that I'm going to outline to help make this more successful. 
First, we all need to stop the negative self-talk about willpower and how others have it and we don't. It's just not true. We need to write a new story. You have it. I have it. And it's a muscle that can be strengthened. And the strategies I'm going to talk about next are some of the things that help strengthen that willpower muscle. Okay, the second strategy is to consciously take a break from the overstimulation in your world. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TV, traffic, busy stores full of shoppers. Unplugging is key to allowing your prefrontal cortex to rest. Sleep is one of those times when, obviously, it allows our brains to rest. But I know many of us are not getting enough sleep. So add to all of this overstimulation that we experience throughout our day. We're constantly on, constantly looking at things, constantly taking in information. And on top of all of that, we're not getting enough sleep. So our brain and our prefrontal cortex is constantly deprived of the rest that it needs. Which is why it's so important to consciously unplug. And there's a variety of ways to do that. Obviously, turn off your phone, take Facebook off of your phone, only look at it on your laptop, all different kinds of things that you can do, as well as read a book instead of looking at something digital. Take a bath, escape for a bit where there's nothing, no stimuli whatsoever, or very calming stimuli, whatever that would be for you. I have to say, I took a bath the other day using one of those bath bombs. It was amazing, and I felt so incredibly, incredibly relaxed afterwards. So that's a good way for me to unplug for a bit, and I don't do it nearly often enough. In fact, I think the last time I took a bath like that was after a long training run for one of my marathons, and that you do in an ice bath. That is not relaxing. It's necessary after a long run, but it's not relaxing. Okay, back to the next strategy. The third strategy I want you to think about employing this year is to choose one item on your dream board for the new year, one item that's on your list, and focus on only that one item, one New Year resolution. Now you can have others, it's not that you shouldn't come up with other things that you want to accomplish and resolve to making happen in 2017. But if you choose three or four to start on January 1st, you're going to overtax your brain. And in just a few days or weeks, you'll drop it and you'll feel like you failed. So I want you to set yourself up for success. And part of doing that, as I said before, is to work with the physiology of your brain, which means not overtaxing it, and therefore just choosing one thing to focus on. Again, spread the other things out during the rest of the year. That's really key because when you accomplish the first one and really feel like you've got a solid ground on moving forward, taking the action on that first New Year resolution, 
then you'll be able to implement the next one. All right, strategy number four. If your number one goal is to change your eating habits in order to lose weight, which, as we all know, is the number one goal uh, or the number one New Year resolution that people make, what I want you to be very conscious of is to make sure you feed your brain the fuel it needs to have willpower to begin with. Because willpower resides in the prefrontal cortex, in your brain, it requires real energy, glucose, from real food, not fat-free, not fake sugar, and it needs calories at regular intervals. So no starving yourself in order to change your eating habits or lose weight. It's not about depriving yourself. You need real fat. You need real calories so that your body can turn it into the glucose that it needs so that you can have the willpower that you want. Okay, now the fifth one. The fifth strategy is really key. And it may seem, I don't know, maybe it seems obvious, or maybe it seems like, oh, that'll never work. Well, the research behind this shows that it really does work. And that is to employ the strategy of distraction. There's some really pretty cool research that shows the power of distraction is significant for helping to delay gratification. It's not that some people have more willpower. It's that they employ this tool, the tool of distraction, to get those tempting thoughts out of their mind and control where they put their attention. That's really key, controlling where you put your attention. So let me tell you a little bit about some research that Walter Mischel from Columbia University and others have demonstrated. Okay, so they took four-year-old children and found that those who are better at resisting the allure of eating a marshmallow are the ones who sing songs, play with their shoelaces, or pretend the marshmallow is a cloud. In other words, they're able to clear their minds of the temptation and get the thoughts about it out of their consciousness by distracting themselves. So that is a skill to really build on. And I have to share with you a really cute story from when my daughter was a year old. She loves when I tell her this story. If you have older kids, don't you love how they love hearing (laughs) about stories from when they were really little? I have to admit, I love hearing stories about myself when I was really little too. There's something about capturing that time that you don't remember, um, but hearing about yourself in that context. Okay, so my daughter was a year old and we were grocery shopping together. She was sitting in the cart in front of me and she saw the display of donuts really, you know, pretty colors and lots of frosting, really tempting to a one-year-old, tempting to this 46-year-old too, although I think I'd turn to a Reese's peanut butter cup before I'd turn to a donut, have to say. So I told her, sure, you can pick which donut you want. And she picked out which one she wanted, and I put it in a bag, and I put it in her hand, and I let her hold it. But I told her, you're going to have to wait until we pay for it before you can eat it. Now, that's a lot to ask of a one-year-old, and I get that. But she 
did it. She sat there in the cart, looked up at me, looked down into the bag, opened it up, looked back up at me. And I'm sure I was talking to her and maybe singing and pointing out things on the shelf and talking about our grocery trip and what we were looking for and so on. So I was distracting her. And she was also learning to distract herself. And she held out till we paid for all the groceries. And then she got to eat the donut. So you can help your children learn how to distract themselves. It's a skill as parents that is really important for us to pass on to our children to help them learn and to help them strengthen. And it's something that we can employ ourselves, right? Something that we need to learn to do and sort of get back to and strengthen that muscle for ourselves, the distraction muscle. Okay, the sixth and final strategy I've got for you for, you know, really setting yourself up to have successful New Year resolutions is to think about commitment. So often we are or tend to lead with our feelings. I don't feel like working out. I really feel like buying that dress. I don't need it. I just feel like it. And our feelings are not facts. And when we think about our commitment to our New Year resolution, it can represent us to the reason we're doing it in the first place. And that reason has to be strong enough to compel you to stick to your commitment. So if you're looking to work out, lose some weight, get healthier, as so many of us are at this time of year, I want you to really determine for yourself what the reason is. I want to play with my kids with as much energy as I possibly can. I want to be here for as long as possible. I want to model for my daughter what being a strong independent woman is. And some of that may be taking care of your body by working out, by running, by eating healthy, doing whatever, just being a strong role model. And the commitment to being that role model is what you need to return to each time you look to go, eh, I don't feel like it. So I'm going to choose my one year my one New Year resolution goal to focus on this January 1st. The rest I'm going to schedule for later on in the year. And I'm going to take a break. I'm going to cut down on all the stimuli that bombards my brain. And I hope that you will too. Although not podcasts, right? Listening to podcasts, particularly this podcast, you're not going to cut that one out. You're going to check in with me every Thursday when the new episode is released. I'd love to hear what you choose to focus on in the new year. And feel free to reach out to me to share that with me. Just go to www.togethercouplescounseling.com slash contact dash us, and that will send a message to me. And I'd really love to hear from you. You can also get my free ebook that's coming out, Seven Strategies to Make Your Marriage Stronger in 2017. Maybe that's one of your New Year resolutions. And I've got free tips in there to help you focus on your relationship and make that stronger as well. Again, just go to the website, contact-us, and you'll be able to send me a message and I will get that information out to you, that free book, ebook out to you. 
So Happy New Year. I really look forward to hearing what you're going to do in 2017 and sharing more of this journey of getting stronger together in the new year. So part of getting stronger together is when I get input from you. Please subscribe to this podcast and take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes. I really appreciate it. The Stronger Together podcast is brought to you by TogetherCouplesCounseling.com, where we help couples communicate better, trust more, and argue less. Please visit our website for more information on this podcast, our in-person couples therapy services, and online fitness coaching for couples and individuals. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to hearing from you.